Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Hey guys, Tyler from Worst in the Industry here. I'm going to start the episode off a little bit different than normal, a little bit more personal. Over the weekend, I had a friend of mine take his own life. Um, he was one of the most brilliant musicians I've ever met. And uh, <laughs> he always had this really big goofy smile every time somebody made him laugh. And he was just a phenomenal guy all around, but he was in a really dark place um, for personal reasons, and I just wanted to let you guys all know that I'm consider all of you friends, and if you are ever in a place like that, please don't hesitate to contact any of us here. Uh, you can email us, you can DM us on Twitter, Instagram, we will get back to you as soon as we can, and you know, we'll just be a friend there for you. And if you need something more urgent, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. I love you guys. Enjoy the show. And in his memory, I'm going to take some of his music and make it our intro and outro music. So play us in, buddy. I get to relax on my drive home and every day I drive by uh, a deaf church okay it's a Methodist church okay and I, I, I'm just making sure that deafs, deaf people don't have uh, deafs, deaf people don't have their own denomination of Christianity <laughs> it's it, no it's it's not like Catholic Lutheran deaf Baptist it's, <laughs> <laughs> but so I was I, I I was very interested, right? Because every day, like I drive by, and like it, it's clear that like there's an evening service because I work later. So like I see people like come out in the parking lot, and like they're like, I don't know why I was just like fascinated because they were signing at each other, and I was like, oh yeah, that's what deaf people do. But I was thinking, if there is a Methodist deaf church, there are feasibly deaf christian nationalists nationalists you know so there there could be like like a deaf ruby ridge which so means you're, you're worried about the deaf white berets well which means that conceivably people who are very woke and like very like have like this very like obtuse messaging they might be right because if there are deaf white uh, deaf christian nationalists white silence might actually be violence so, uh, we can start I the show now. I hate you so <laughs> It was a long walk, much. but we got there. No, oh, that was a terrible do you, joke. Do you, do you think the deaf Ruby Ridge would get uh, deaf killed by the, uh, the deaf ATF? What if there is a deaf ATF? It, I mean, alright, so, like, deaf culture is a thing. It like, is. Like, people, people who sign, and, like, deaf, deaf people in particular, like, have a culture all their own. Do and you... it's... Do you think so there's, like, like a I mean, deaf Operation Gladio? Do you think there are deaf nationalists? There's, like, like Nation of Islam, but it's deaf people. It's Nation of Deaf People. And they're all, like, marching in, like, trench coats and, like, lockstep. The, they, like, the show up and do demonstrations. But everybody's just like, why are they just, they're not saying anything. <laughs> What's the yeah. message here? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's, uh, speaking of mixed messaging... Hey, hi, hello, and uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Worst in the Industry podcast. 
uh, the show where this uh, truckload of misshapen packages attempts to deliver ourselves unto the ears of the people to bring our uh, to bring our, our 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 truths and our shitty shitty dick jokes to the world. Today is a very special episode. I say that a lot, but it is, and it's almost always true. Uh, today is special because we are doing a little collaboration uh, with our. You know what? I didn't ask you if we could use your name before. We oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'm not hiding nothing. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, with uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say tentative friend of the show, Avery Bernard. Thank uh, you. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me. I I consider you all friends immediately. I, I just get good vibes. Well, uh, to his left is myself, Justin St. Peter. I don't have a funny bit for today. I'm just going to pass it to Colin. Uh, I'm in uh, Upside Down Chocolate Fountain, Colin Stanley, to my left. Uh, I'm Tyler, and I went to the same bar twice this weekend, and it's unfortunate that I might be a regular there now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Tyler, you're going to be a bar fly before you're 30. I was about to say... <laughs> <laughs> premature alcoholic Tyler Zelensky. Oh, oh, hold on, let me let me take a Tyler, you're starting to look more like my dad. Yeah, today's going to be a little bit of an interesting different episode. Uh we're going to talk about talk about Amazon because uh Avery here works there and uh he's going to let us know all about it. Yeah, it's 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 hell. <laughs> it's hell. Yeah. We uh we referenced Amazon in our Pinkerton episodes. Uh, our Pinkerton episode because uh, they oh were... they love the Pinkerton oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I'm sure I'm sure Jeff Bezos cue ball fucking ass loves the Pinkertons he's got them on speed dial at least he's he's calling up the ghost of Alan Pinkerton and they're kissing on the lips <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah yeah we, we're just gonna you know we're gonna be softballing some questions Avery's way and uh, he's gonna give us some responses and. Depending on the content of those questions, you may or may not hear the answer. <laughs> so, I, if if I may, I'd like to go first. What's your ideal first date? Oh, sheesh. Um, usually, I drink alone at a bar and read in a corner, and people stare at me. So, I don't know how to go on a date. I assume that um, sometimes milfs will come up to me while I'm trying to read and annoy the shit out of me, but that's not an ideal first date. <laughs> wow! I, I live in a very rural area, by the way. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of rich housewives. Oh, you yeah, are. There's a lot of rich housewives that um, like to come up to you at places called like Big Woodies or whatever, <coughs> or whatever shitty like. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In the middle of the woods, kind of bar there is. Yeah, that's um, that's. We have one like of we have one of those. Yeah, they do. We have one of those. It's called Hamlin Pub. <laughs> Don't it, say that. Is it across the street from a trailer park? Because that's usually the M.O. where I'm going to. Personal favorite is the Fuck You Bar that I uh, is around here. They they call it the F.U. Bar, but it's technically fired up, but we all call it Fuck You Bar. And, uh, yeah, that's a good one to try and go and just have a drink <laughs> alone at. People, oh, that's boy. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of fun stories there. A lot of ex-military. Ah, uh, uh, fun. Mm. I bet they're black. Yeah. Especially when they're drinking. <coughs> yeah, so, turn off, turn uh, off that front load. Just, just turn it right off. <laughs> they got a lot of stories. We're going to go ahead and uh, ask a real question. Colin, did you put your twisted tea in oh, your coffee cup? It's right here. It's, right here. it's separate. No, okay. I what the you, fuck? I thought you poured it into the Starbucks. Why would I do that? <laughs> Colin, I watched you drink what looked like piss out of a jar. You knew it was a once. vodka Red Bull before the rest of the It wasn't a vodka did. Red Bull because it was a fucking. There was an edible dissolved in it. It was not <laughs> dissolved. It was dissolving, first of all. Asshole. Second of all, I explained to everybody, our producers included, that it was not piss. Because someone asked if it was piss. <laughs> so yeah, someone had it's to ask. It's a very first. rude question to ask. First of like, what if it was? What if what if I'm like, yes, it's a medical condition. I have to drink my own piss sometimes. Do you want to see my doctor's? But like, what it could be that, or what if I'm like, oh, this is a health. Like, there's a lot of things I could be drinking that would be suspicious. This is not the point of the podcast episode. We were trying to interview Avery. Tyler, ask him a question. All I'm saying is, there's a far right guy out there that will sell you your own piss. Sell me my piss. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like, eat good. this chromium pill and then drink your piss. It'll make you live <laughs> you forever. Get... My brain's too soft. It's like I how I've been... Force. <laughs> I need some brain... It's like how I take brain force to harden up my brain every day. <laughs> Calcify that pineal um, gland. Yeah, oh yeah. God, it's, it's way too, way too soft. So, uh, Avery, I saw on your Twitter that you were talking about um, something to do with uh, Amazon drivers doing like furniture assembly and stuff now so it started out uh i want to say at the beginning of may we were one of the top three delivery stations for the xl program the xl program in short we just do anything from 50 pounds to 300 pounds technically occasionally they'll throw you like a 24 pack of mountain dew you have to deliver on a giant 24 foot box truck but that's a whole another story um and we are one of the top three stations in the nation, so we got this little program. They're like, hey, you did so good. You guys get to assemble furniture now. It doesn't come with a pay raise, and we're not going to train you how to do it. And good luck. We're just going to send you out there with a box cutter and say, assemble a bed frame in 10 minutes. And, um, yeah, it's already hard enough to get through the day without, you know, you barely have time to stop. And um, now you have to put together people's furniture in under five minutes sometimes and it's physically impossible to do and the more we complain about it the shorter the times get and um yeah there's absolutely no i've been told by someone i've been speaking to there's uh that uh we are apparently are supposed to be have been given two hours of paved training that amazon is saying that we got we never got it um so amazon's presenting their side of the story and i am trying to present like the my side of the story and for I, you know the other people that are yeah the actual side of the story yeah i actually i used to be friends with quite a few porters at art van and the idea that you show up at assemble furniture in under 10 minutes is fucking ridiculous on top of the fact that like they're not training you like porters like they literally like walk up through like these this is how you assemble these types of furniture like if they're not working or it breaks you don't have these parts this is what you do like you have to be careful of these things there's these liabilities there's a lot of shit that goes into like when you start talking about building things in people's homes like it's a big deal the fact that amazon is just going like basically punishing you for performing well and then refusing to pay you for that extra work that you're doing and then like setting these ridiculous limits like obviously we hear a lot about what they do but like this seems this seems like cartoonishly evil <laughs> just mustache twiddle yeah it really does seem like something you'd read in a comic book yeah it's chicanerous goonery at its finest it, it absolutely is and the fact that they just threw it on us on a whim like gave us like a two-week notice like hey you guys are now installing furniture and I'm not going to lie, it's not anything super complex or anything. I can throw together a bed frame if I have the instructions in front of me, but I can't do it, and I can't bring it into your house, bring it into the room that you chose, unpack it, put it together, gather everything up, and put it back in the truck in 10 minutes, much less when I've got five other scheduled deliveries I need to get to within this hour, and I'm, it, it's not physically possible. We already travel across state lines in, like, under an hour, like, we can't do this for people and still keep our time so one way or another you're getting punished if you don't do it right or if you build the furniture wrong you're punished for that if you don't do it in time and you miss other scheduled deliveries you're punished for that so it's just a, a new way to fuck with people sorry i don't know if i can but yeah it's a new way to screw with people. oh dude um, you can fucking curse. No, okay. no, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um yeah it's you a new way to I screw mean. with people and it's another way to just amazon always likes to have this power of I can fire anybody for whatever reason that I choose over every single person in their employment. You could fire anybody in our warehouse for have not, like, for maybe five seconds pulled their mask down to breathe over this whole pandemic. You can get fired for that, technically. You're on camera. They can take you out at any mo moment. So this is just another thing that they can kind of do that with. Like, they can just decide that you didn't do a furniture install, and if you're speaking up about it, they can fire you for it. If, or... You know, like, I could lose my job at any moment for doing this kind of stuff, and I think um, that'd be hilarious, personally, because <laughs> I can get another <laughs> job at any moment, but it's just it's just another thing to worry about, and the main thing is just, like, dude, I can't 
stop and go to 7-Eleven in the middle of my 10-hour day already. So, I don't know. I could complain about it for a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that they have given you literal piles of shit mm-hmm. to complain so about. So, you, you, you said that you get, you know, there's all these things that can incur a punishment. What do those punishments look like? Are they just, like, demerits on your file that, like you said, they can use, like, as leverage to, like, threaten to fire you? Or are they, like docking pay or docking hours or like giving you worse assignments like what's that look like well it varies from department to department um they don't usually i mean they've done all of those things in different various ways people that have been interns at uh, white badges as they usually were called um they had their pay docked by being taking like an hour to get checked in and an hour to get checked out during the day to make sure you weren't stealing anything like that's technically docking people's pay um demerits if you have a health problem and bring in a doctor's note and you missed a day of work that's points off of your score you can get fired for it um in the past it's happened to plenty of people there's been plenty of uh national labor relations board uh kind of like cases brought up where people have uh spoken out about this treatment at just like their specific facility and gotten points docked off and all and even if they win their cases, all Amazon has to do is go, oopsie, sorry, we won't do it again. And then they just continue to do it again. Um, for us specifically, though, with the XL furniture assembly, it's just if something goes wrong during that delivery, it's we're going to be the scapegoat. Like, we're always going to be the scapegoat. And if you're putting together, like, <laughs> cribs and stuff <laughs> and you do it wrong or whatever, oh my God. that could be weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what could happen specifically. Yeah, and they don't a... tell us what we assemble beforehand either. They just sh- shove something on your tr- well, you pack it onto your truck, and then they say, "Hey, you're assembling a TV stand today." And over the past couple weeks, we've always asked, "What's on the list of what we do put together? What's on the list of what we don't put together?" And so far, there has not been a clear answer. They gave us three specific things that we were going to put together like ottomans tv stand or tvs and um mattresses we do all those but everything else is just kind of like up in the air like maybe you do this maybe you don't (laughs) it's a fun surprise every day that's shitty yeah yeah is is that kind of like inconsistent policy making oh absolutely like these 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 policy areas your job is very much up in the air every single day you step into an Amazon facility. Um, and, I mean, that gives you a great deal of power over your workers if you can just screw them over at any, um, you know, turn of the wind. So, I, and I'm not in everybody's warehouse. I can't tell you everybody's story. I can tell you what people have told me. I can tell you what I've experienced. And I... Um, you know, from and I can read stories that journalists have written out and just try and cram it into this one piece that I see as Amazon. And, uh, yeah, inconsistency reigns, reigns supreme. I think, you know, if, if they provide a consistent line of policy or they say, you know, we do X, Y, and Z, that's the rule, then they have – it's enforced. And when they try to make you do otherwise, you have something to point to when they're providing just like inconsistent policy or like temporarily like temporary memos like i'm sure at least all of us can agree like we've had that experience in work like they do it on purpose it's it's done so that you can't point to anything you can't go remember when you said back in may that we don't put together fucking baby cribs well that you're asking us to put together baby cribs now because they don't say that you you can't do that so then it's harder for those those organizations like the National Labor Relations Board to come in and do anything because it's like, well, it's not like you, you know, said something was part of their contract and you violated it. It was never official policy. It, it fills the same space as uh, language in contracts like um, flexibility, like employee flexibility and uh, the needs of the business. It's the, these, these kind of strange, blurry terms that are applied to everything because they have no upper limit. And because they can be used to create the expectation of a constantly moving goalpost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's that is definitely true at Amazon. And um, you know, man, they what I try to tell people is that they don't do anything not on purpose. Like everything Amazon has done is based on the most up to date and highly gathered data that they can collect through thousands of different devices of workers, of customers, of and you know, going into it, it's just a lot of detail. But if 
if you read like certain like how about like Jeff Bezos and about Amazon and how the how they set up their company from day one, it was just all about destroying everybody else and just like creating this new system where they reign supreme and it's starting to like finally get to the point where they're like nearly getting to like the final levels of like pure monopoly of a company um they still got a lot of ground to cover but um like you know between like if you look at them from like 2013 to 2021 between the points of like this author whose name i'm forgetting he wrote the everything store though is which is a really great book about amazon if you look at like the compare and contrast between the two novels he wrote in 2013 and 2021 it's like there's all this speculation in the first book of like how they're going to eventually dominate every single market and then 2021 it's like oh fuck they did it like they're here <laughs> it's kind of scary but um, you know there's like the, if you wanted to talk about amazon like that's the whole thing about like what i'm doing if you want to talk about amazon if you want to talk about everything they're doing that is wrong to not just their employees, their third-party sellers, their uh, their customers, the entire nation and world as a whole through things like global warming and, um, you know, just all this data collection and, and uh, uh, facial recognition technology that they're putting out there, they have a hand in just about everything that is profitable and with everything that is profitable usually comes some kind of, I don't want to just say pure evil behind it, but like some kind of like maniacal. Unethical action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they just have their hand everywhere and they're really goddamn good at it because just have no morals. <laughs> and I'm not going to say that they're like the best run company. They really aren't. Like Amazon is not a functioning company at any level. They are, like when you, come to the DSP programs, like, it's, you have about four different companies in a single warehouse for just us, and we are, like, the one XL company in that warehouse, but you have, like, people that come in and unload the trucks, you have the people that drive the trucks to our station, you have the warehouse managers, and you have us. That's, like, four different companies running out of one warehouse, and it's a clusterfuck. Nothing runs smoothly, everything's done wrong, everything, and they just happen to still be the most dominant delivery force out there. It's, like, it, at some point, you fail enough to where you win, I guess. Well, I think that's a really interesting point to talk about how they're they're not they're not really efficient. They don't really function in a way you would expect the kind of uh, company that has such a large market share. They don't they don't function in that way. And I think it's it's not necessarily um, it's not an exception to the to the conditions that it, that they're existing in. It's it's indicative of those conditions. It's saying like yes, like. To make this much money, you need to start with a ton of money that you're willing to lose and able to lose, and then at a certain point, inertia just carries you forward. And that's that's what I think that's what we're seeing because you know they started out as just a fucking like a, a website to sell fucking books to college students, um, and they didn't make any money for like a fucking decade. They didn't see a profit until like the two thousands, and then even then, as soon as they would see a profit, you'd see them dip that money somewhere else, right? Yeah, so one thing, little interesting point about that is um, the, I, f I forget how you phrased it, but uh, yeah, like eventually you just start losing money in one department and you cover it with something else. Uh, that's what they did with like the whole, you know, like uh, that's how they destroyed uh, book, like retail for book sales and um, publishing houses. That's how they demolished them. They just was, they were making so much money, usually through like Amazon Web Services has been like their biggest moneymaker, I think. And, um, Back in 2012, I want to say, it was they did the uh, aptly named Operation Gazelle, which uh, Jeff Bezos kind of has like a, a, a bit of a, a like a vein in his forehead about that still called that, um, where he just like went after these book retailers and he's like, look, we're just going to undercut all these prices on everything we sell, which is, you know, it's supposed to be like the capitalist dream, like, oh, competition takes down all these prices and makes everything more available. And for a bit, it did, until they demolished the profitability of every other publishing house and then jacked the prices back up after they had, like a gazelle, like a line after a gazelle, had torn them to shreds. And, it like, you talk to these people, or you read about these people that ran those publishing houses and talked about, like, negotiating contracts with Amazon, 
And they're like, yeah, they were ruthless. It was like talking to a mob boss the entire time I was dealing with Amazon. They would come into my office at, or call me at random times and just say, hey, your contract is now completely different than what you agreed to a month ago. And you're going to lose so much money, you're going to have to lay off half your staff now. Like, and that's just deal. It's done. You can't, what are you going to do? Not sell on Amazon? Fuck you. Like, they're going to, they can just tear you down. So that, I mean, that's, that's Amazon as a whole. Just make money by gathering data and, you know, government contracts to Amazon Web Services and then destroy whatever retailer you need to. Whatever retailer you want to focus on right now. Right now, I think he's like focusing on video streaming. He wants to tear all that shit down and make it all Amazon, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, that's why they bought uh that's why they bought MGM. Mm-hmm. Paid for by you and me, baby. More or less. <laughs> subsidized. Yeah. yeah. Subsidized. We'll see if he gets that ten billion back from that uh, rocket company for Blue Origin, but I, I don't oh, think yeah. I hope he does not get that ten billion dollar fucking bailout, but we'll see. I'm sure he will through something I'm sure Joe Manchin will be like, That's a fucking great idea or whatever. So we'll see. If ever there was a man to yeah. hunt for sport. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take it out of the question. That's get that's that's getting. <laughs> I I have a few if you need a second or looks like Justin's ready. Um, you you briefly mentioned uh, before we we got started, uh, Avery. You briefly mentioned Bessemer and their their unionization vote. Um, before and since, have you received any like directly anti-union propaganda or? Um, you know, any, any of this, this information, quote unquote, misinformation that, uh, Amazon is putting out about unionization. Um, I've, I've received, uh, anti-union propaganda from people that have claimed to work at Bessemer just from being a part of like every last Facebook group and every last Reddit group that deals with Amazon. Um, you, when you see people that do, um, you know, basically spit out, the same anti-union propaganda that you can see from um, this. I'm reading this book called um, Confession of a Union Buster, which is really good. And they typically say lines that are straight from the book or straight from like Morgan and Lewis is, I think, the biggest union buster for Amazon right now. Um, Some of their like, you know, their lines. Mm -hmm. When you see that happen, it's either online you have to be worried about it being one of those like amazon put together accounts right you i mean they pay a lot of money for those um but when you get down to it there does have to be there you know, there are real people that are anti-union at that best of our warehouse we can't be we can't just say it's all fake it's not and you the thing is every last argument is just straight from an anti-union playbook like in it nonsensical most of the time uh like there's a lot of people complaining about i don't want to pay union dues all right you're in alabama you don't have to the rules say you don't fucking have to if you don't want to like it's not a real concern all anti-union like propaganda that you hear from these people is easily dismissible but it's trying to educate them that is the difficult part especially when union organizers aren't allowed anywhere near that facility and any and um you know you're just getting beat over the head if you work in that warehouse even when you go to the bathroom that one time you get a day or whatever and you see flyers just everywhere saying vote no vote no and it's hard to beat multi-million dollar campaigns like that with word of mouth that's all you really have when you're a union when you're part of the union is word of mouth yeah and all those flyers are just directly coming from upper management, I'm sure. They're... Yeah, so I, that actually, so I'm, I'm really glad that Justin brought that up um, because uh, that question and your response kind of lead into something I was curious about. And uh, obviously, if this isn't something you're comfortable answering, like, we'll just skip past it. Um, but we believe at Worst in the Industry that labor organization is one of the most necessary things for uh, bettering working conditions and bettering the lot of working people. Um do you think that's something that's feasible within Amazon? Um, do you think that's something that you that you see around the turn, or is that something that is more of a, more of a hope at this point? That is a excellent question, and I I've got two answers to that two parter. And the first part that I think everyone will like to hear is that unionization at Amazon is beyond possible. It is 
almost e- it is a lot easier than people think it is that it that it uh, is to organize that kind of thing. Um, basically, the guidelines are you get thirty thirty percent of the workforce to sign a union card. You get a vote. Bam. Um, the main concerns for uh, organized labor. Uh, getting into Amazon is the fact that they could try and shut down the plant or whatever after you organize. They can threaten your job, all that stuff. Um, and even if that does happen, Amazon back in the day, they used to threaten people um, for making them pay state taxes, right? So there's all these city and uh, state legislatures that are like, look, we can't let Amazon keep beating down all these small stores and letting them skip by on their taxes. We have to sign these laws. And Amazon started to threaten, hey, we're going to pull out of New York, we're going to pull out of Texas, we're going to pull out of Ohio, we're going to pull out of every 50 states. <laughs> they can't do that. They're not going to survive at some point. So organized labor can totally take a foothold at Amazon. They are, I don't know how to put it, but they are a lot, they put up this big defense, like they're this big scary thing. One single labor union in an Amazon warehouse would start a domino effect that could totally take them down. I'm very hopeful of that, and I, I really do think it's possible. The thing that is hard, though, is beating Amazon, who is not willing to play by the rules. Like, in this Bessemer vote, it's probably going to get—they're probably going to have another vote next year. Like, not because they have to come together mm-hmm. and decide again— Amazon just broke the law blatantly throughout the entire campaign. And they are the National yep. Labor Relations Board is going to overturn that vote, most likely simply because of this thing that happened with a mailbox that they put up outside of their warehouse where they mm-hmm. uh, were collecting votes, and it turns out Amazon security were the only people that had the key to that mailbox. I, I, there's a lot of speculation you could have about it, but the point is you can't you can't do that. And the way uh, this dude, Max Berger of More Perfect Union, told me, he's like, you wouldn't expect a presidential vote to be taken outside of the RNC headquarters. You wouldn't, that wouldn't be fair. Um, so, uh, I forgot what the second point of that, the second part of that question was. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was ranting a little bit. No, no, you no, you answered it. It was, it was, you know, we believe that this is something that's necessary. Is it possible or is it a hope? And, and it seems to you, like, from what you're saying, it seems very possible. Uh, I mean, it's definitely inspiring. I know there's a lot of folks who, you know, there's there's like two sides, right? It it seems either that the reason that Amazon is doing this like full court press on propaganda is because they're on the ropes. And it it seems like if we could get one union in to one distribution center, it would, like you said, start that domino effect. Um, But there are other folks that say the reason they're being so blatant with how shitty things are is because they're confident that nothing's going to happen. They're confident, much like, you know, Microsoft uh, back in the 20th century when they, they all they had to do for that antitrust, um, you know, busting, all they had to do was hold out and all their, their, all their problems were essentially solved. With Amazon, it's, you know, people are curious if that's what we're going to be seeing here, that all they're going to do is they're going to hold out. They might improve. Maybe people get better pay. Maybe they get an extra bathroom break. But that's it. And that'll be enough to keep people quiet for another 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, pushing the vote back is always a big, big strategy for union busters. Not only does it make their law firms a lot more money, it just also dwindles down the, you know, people start to get apathetic and they get tired of trying to push for this thing. So, uh, you know, obviously, at 10, 15 years, though, I really, you know, it really could be that long if we drag our feet and if, like, the PRO Act doesn't get signed and the John, uh, you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act doesn't get signed. There's a lot of things that could slow this all down, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it's looking like there's not much hope for the PRO Act. I, I was reading something Joe Manchin wrote today about some bullshit, you know, about how his opinion is terrible and how he should never be able to legislate over anybody because he's clearly a fucking moron. But, yeah, late, like... But you, like, as the Amazon worker, like, if I'm, if any, if, if, like, if an Amazon worker is hearing this right now and you work at a warehouse in Phoenix, Arizona, or, you know, Oklahoma, or wherever, those people in that warehouse have a great chance of being able to unionize, and the more people that realize that and that try to do that, um, the more and more likely it becomes, and you, you can just force your way through it. You don't have to wait for Congress anymore to sign the PRO Act if you just get 30% of your warehouse 
to sign a card that says I want a vote, not that I want a union. I just want to have the ability to have a goddamn vote in my warehouse. If you do that, Amazon's immediately paying millions of dollars out of their coffers to fight you down, and you start to spread this little bit of hope around your hometown, and that starts to get out a little bit further, maybe to the next state over, the next city over even. And, um, yeah, it just really does take working people just saying, I'm tired of this shit and I want to vote. And even that vote is going to scare the hell out of Amazon and you're going to have done something monumental. I mean, Bessemer was in the news for months, months. And we people were talking about them on national, like national TV, CNN, Fox. They were, they made a name for themselves by just signing a card and... They might end up next year actually having a labor union look over them because of that. It really is not a wild amount of work, but it takes a wild amount of courage to do it. We can only hope, you know, for their sake and for our sake and for the sake of working people all around the country and the world. We can Absolutely. Only yeah, because this, I mean, you know, without getting too rambly again, uh, this obviously affects every bit of wording working class people like amazon's uh status as being a powerhouse um you know people like walmart and target look at how they do business how they treat their employees and they see they treat them like shit and it works well so you know it just goes out it just the disease spreads very easily and it takes a lot of just personal chutzpah and courage to kind of go against that and i i respect every last person that is willing to speak out against their employer when their employer is, you know, devastatingly evil. <laughs> like, it, you're not... And you can see people... Like, I get called a communist about 50 times a day online and told how lazy I am all the time for wanting to organize. And, you know, like, the irony of it all is that these people that are looking to organize are sweating their asses off after work trying to get people together. So, you know... I'm sorry I'm a communist because I want to get paid a decent wage and have benefits. Yeah, it's wild. Like, I want to go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. And it's especially like the, the older generations saying, oh, you're lazy and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you got all this shit. Like, you guys got all of this yeah, it was shit. Just it was just given, given to you. you. You guys got pensions and fucking like healthcare paid for and all this shit and like we don't we don't I mean, uh, I know I bring it up all the time clark griswold seventy five hundred dollar deposit on a pool down, down payment on a pool seventy five hundred dollars for a pool it, it, it and he just a... had it just <laughs> just shit it out clark griswold 30 years later 40 years later i'm a fucking bug drone in an amazon warehouse and he was making coatings for cereal fucking cereal I guess I'm in the wrong business, man. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, right? Let's just start let's, making cereal. I got a lot of good cereal ideas. All right, we'll call them cameos. Oh, hell something. yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, this is, like, a lot, of, um, a lot of horrific shit and, obviously, like, labor abuses. So, why did you decide to work at Amazon in the first place? Wow. Okay. I'm so glad you asked because I get asked this every time I bring it up. <laughs> so when I, uh, this is a bit of like, not to get too much into my story because it's not, you know, as important when it comes to the bigger thing, but I moved back down to my hometown, uh, right before COVID started. And, uh, when I got back, I realized there's basically two places left in my entire hometown. And that was Amazon and Dollar Tree. Um, neither were fantastic employers, and, um, I knew Amazon previously because I had done the Flex program, and so I was like, well, I know it, and it's the only thing really left around, and I, you know, got hired immediately because I, I mean, like, I'm a good worker. I know how Amazon works. They put me right into the program, and I've noticed a lot has changed since I came back down, and Amazon has basically been hammering away at uh, the part of Virginia that I live in, with, um, which is there's been a lot of active areas in my youth that are no longer there because Amazon has put in their warehouses 
and their fleet for delivery. And there's sections of my hometown where you can go down now and um, see what used to be a lot of, like, houses and shopping centers where people would, you know, go around doing stuff. And it has turned into a parking lot now for Amazon and their fleet and their warehouses and their workers and whatnot. And it's, you know, it like, not to put up this, like, Crimea River image or anything, I, but it, it's somewhat depressing when I go back over these areas and you, when you think about like a UPS fleet or a FedEx fleet, you, you got the, their big warehouses and you got their trucks parked in the back and they're all nice and pristine and white and cleaned off. When you look over those Amazon fleets, there is giant trucks, Mercedes vans, all different like categories of stuff. Nothing's really organized. They're beat up fleets. I mean, these trucks are demolished, most of them. And when you think about these things are going out every single day and coming back with these dents and burns and it's kind of weird. They're sending out mass amounts of not well-trained people because they refuse to train them that are underpaid and tired and exhausted working six days a week just wrecking havoc on the place that they deliver to because there's no other way that Amazon would do it uh, because it's the fastest. So, fuck everything else. Mm -hmm. It's just the fastest. So, I work at Amazon because that's what's left here. And there's gonna be a lot more places like that. And, I mean, now I'm at a point in my life where I have do have job opportunities. And I think I'm a bit of a, I don't know, like, a masochist, I guess. Because I just, like, I feel like I'm sticking in the program. Because I'm learning more stuff about it every day. And I can tell people about it or whatever. But, you know, I'm not... It's not, like, it's not, like, from my own, I'm not sacrificing a lot. I'm still getting paid, so, but I don't know. When I came back down, that's what was there, and it's sad, and I think it's going to start happening to a lot more metropolitan areas, and, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it just sucks, man. That, uh, same thing is happening where we live. Mm -hmm. Uh, we live in, uh, metro Detroit area, and, um, there was a... There was a place called Liberty Park, and it was a big... There was probably about six, seven, or eight, like, baseball diamonds there. And it was, like, you know, beer league teams played there, softball played there. It was, like, big, like, if you played on, like, a baseball team, like a rec baseball team, that's where you played. And uh, Amazon bought it. And now it's a parking a lot, second. like you said. Let Amazon turned Liberty Park into a fucking parking lot? Jesus Christ. I haven't been that... I haven't been to Liberty Park in so long. That's fucking horrifically sad. No, me either. Jesus my Christ. dad used to play softball there growing up. Yeah, and it's it, like you said, it's going to happen to a lot more places where it's 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 turning into you know, the people online that they're like, "Oh, you know, this is what communism looks like." And it's like, "No, that's what's fucking Amazon would love." <laughs> that's is, the smile is they baby. would love nothing more than that. That's the smile coming to town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the smile. If you had told me 10 years ago or 20 years ago that, you know, there would be a gigantic dystopian mega corporation whose logo is a fucking smirk trying to take over the world, I'd have called you crazy. It's a little on the nose. You should and talk to your editor are. about that one. <laughs> Bring that one back yeah, to the table. Exactly. It's a little... <laughs> yeah, the reality... And, and the, uh, the CEO of the company is eating iguanas. <laughs> That's, it's because you can. can. It's a flex. It is totally a power move. I mean, it sucks that the world itself it is becoming good. worse than, like, the fictional comic book universe of, you know, we, we could not have written things this evil into existence if we tried to with, like, an entertainment value kind of, like, look on it. It's just like, no, this is just how things work. Oh, yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, Bezos is a it's Batman villain. The, but it's the banality, right? It's just like how it's you, you think about like the dystopias, right? And you think about like, oh, there'd be like a big like fucking crazy police force. And they got like jetpacks and machine guns and there's like robots right around. It's like, well, no, it's just it's just very boring and sad all the time. <laughs> 
Not everything is Shadowrun. You'd be surprised how much uh, Amazon is helping the police forces in your area, by the way. If you got a ring doorbell, they have... They will give it to police without your permission, so... Just keep that in mind. <laughs> and the other way around. Uh, Bessemer police was used as mm -hmm, security mm -hmm. for Amazon. Yeah, outside of Bessemer. Who, who was there every single day? The Bessemer County Sheriff's Department was there every single day to make sure that no union organize, organizer got near that warehouse. And they were hired by Amazon. Weren't they... They, pay, they were paying them off the clock, right? They were like... They Overtime. Were, they they were paying them like time and a half, shift. baby. They're paying, they paying the police force to make sure that a union doesn't happen more than the workers if they were to just let them have a union and fucking... Amazon won't pay local taxes, but they will directly pay the police department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you pay the police department directly, you get a lot more out of it. You get a lot of muscle when you pay the police force directly. Get your like, money's you get, worth. Oh, you get... Dude, you could ask them to baton anybody you want, and they will gladly pull it off for you. I mean, it's... Like, they really had those guys as mercenaries. It was <laughs> I mean, bad. Anyways, it was real bad. They were changing traffic patterns at will for no reason. It got one dude... One dude got... His car smashed up because they just, like, changed it one day, and it, uh, you know. But, again, Amazon just has control over anything. They got the money, man, and they'll pay millions of dollars to union-busting firms who are mostly leeches as a whole. Like, union-busting firms are just there to leech off of big yeah. companies, and... They're incompetent, They they and they know it, and they're like, whatever. Yeah, union-busting firms will, those, like... Uh... Sorry, they will, like, no, go ahead. certain union-busting firms will specifically beat campaign, uh, union campaigns by specific percentages to have them come back next year. Yep, because they know exactly what's going to happen next year is they'll get hired again. And mm -hmm. one hand washes the mm -hmm. other. It's all great business, and you're not part of it. Yep. They'll spend millions and millions and millions of dollars... So that they don't have to pay their workers more when they could just spend less and pay their workers more. It would be but, arguably it would be arguably uh, less expensive to just up people's pay, <laughs> but but who, when are the how are the union busters going to eat after that? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Maybe you're being a little inconsiderate. Yeah, right. Listen, man, you're on food stamps. They need to be able to mm -hmm, eat wagyu. Mm -hmm. You You'll should be, be happy for your ramen. These guys really need that new Porsche. And if, how dare you try and take that away from them, honestly? Oh yeah. Yeah, they made yeah, that money. You can't they, buy. They're self-made men because you use EBT. Yeah, I get it. It's sad. Whatever. This guy needs to bring his family to the Hamptons. Come on. Think about Are you going to tell yourself. his daughter? I dare you to go to his house and tell his daughter she's not going to learn how to ski in California this summer because, or, uh, or Aspen or whatever, because you decided you needed to pay rent. Like a. F yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I. So obviously, I just disrespect uh, union busters to a great extent. I don't think that they should have jobs. <laughs> I think that. No. I, <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're fucking. I think they should have jobs in Amazon out. warehouses. I'd like to see them try and pull it off for a good week or so. <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed to say what I think Union Buster should do because we had to edit it out of the podcast before. Uh huh. I try to keep it a little more tame than when I'm yeah, like drunk I'll, at a bar yeah, ranting yeah, at my friends. Yeah. Like you don't understand, but uh, yeah, I try. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, Avery, <laughs> you don't yeah, understand. Colin, Colin does it. Screaming, you don't understand. Colin does it differently. Colin does it differently. It's at a bus stop, and he's just <laughs> slugging back a Bud Light Lime tall boy. Um, you're my kind of hero. Uh, one, two, kind of at hero. the same time. <laughs> All right, well, do we, do we have any more questions for uh, Avery? I, no, I think um, I'm good. I think, you know, I have one more. So, um, obviously, um, you had a choice between Dollar Store, which, similar to Amazon, is just clearing out like small owned businesses left and right um by undercutting them and um you said that 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 was really like you know that that was your choice was dollar store or amazon um so what's something that like you've learned through working at amazon um experienced that either would have stopped you from working there initially 
or um, would have made you try to actively prevent more people from working there? Uh, I would have warned a lot of the drivers. We When uh, COVID hit, um, we ride in partners. You know, two people do a truck. We got to lift heavy shit, obviously. We need two people. I would have warned a lot of the drivers that, hey, come March, uh, instead of paying you guys more or giving you, you know, any kind of compensation, you're still going to go out into this pandemic, but guess what? You're going to be doing it alone. Um because they don't want, you know, if you have someone else in your cab, you have a better chance of getting sick. But if you have to walk into people's apartment complexes and houses and put stuff in their specific rooms, no, that's totally fine. But you can't have a partner. Um, I would have, I would have warned a lot of the drivers of that. I'd have been like, hey, you guys are gonna get real screwed over. Um, me, who is one of the dudes that just helps lift and stuff. Um, I don't know. I would have just told myself, <laughs> like, it. Everything you hear about how bad Amazon is, everything you read in the news or, you know, see on whatever, you know, uh, more left-wing show you watch, um, they don't know how bad it is because you can't accurately describe every last little thing of fuckery that Amazon will do to you every single day unless you're there every single day because it changes so frequently and it's just hard to describe and it builds up more and more because they know you're going to take it you need a job and there's going to be more and more regulation there's going to be more and more rules and they're not for your safety therefore you know if something goes wrong now we can blame you and um yeah i just I guess I would have just told myself, you don't know how bad it can really be. And um, if you like your job at Amazon, I think that's fantastic. I like doing delivery stuff. I've done it plenty of different ways, different places. I like driving around. I like listening to my music. But, um, yeah, they're not going to – they're just going to keep making it worse. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. It might not stop in our lifetime. Um so, just take everything you hear about Amazon with a grain of salt, because, I don't know if that's even the right phrasing, it's just, it's just going to get worse, like, and no one's done anything about it, and I hope very wholeheartedly that via doing whatever the fuck I'm doing, there might be some dude in Indiana or whatever that decides he's done with this shit too. And he talks to his coworkers and his friends and they start a gathering, maybe five people after work. They start talking about their, you know, labor rights, which a lot of people don't even know they have. And maybe that group grows into 10, 20, 30, 100, you know. They sign their union cards, and something happens. You, you, There's so many different ways to fight this that it really just takes action. That is it. That is the only thing standing in our way of trying to make this a better country for working class people is action of people who are willing to be very brave people and stand up against a fucking monolith of this you know, and seemingly impossible to defeat corporation, but they're a lot more fragile than you might understand, and if we don't do anything, it's just going to continue to get worse. It's going to continue to get worse every single day. They're not, they're not here to budge. They're not going to give you shit. Amazon has made a, made a corporate culture of not giving, even some of their higher-ups at the beginning, not giving them parking pads. They will not give you shit. They will fight to not give you shit every day in court. So, if you work at Amazon right now, you have to do something if you want this to change. And that requires talking to your coworkers, being understanding, being compassionate, 
and caring about them. And it requires a lot of... You gotta be willing to take kickback because people are going to be afraid to fight back. And that is not on them. That is on Amazon. So just be compassionate, be active, and know that you deserve better. If you're a working class person in America, you deserve better than what you're getting right now. I guarantee you that is across the board. And not just at Amazon. So I... I I, I, I bleed and, and, and die for all these people. Like they, There's a lot of heroes out there that you'll never hear their stories. So, I don't know. That's my little rant, I guess. <laughs> no, of course. It's no, all... we really appreciate it, man. And Yeah, we're happy to hear your story. This is, I, I did, uh, yeah. uh, thinking about what you were saying, I did, I did possibly have one more question. Um, Feel free. So, we, we, you talked a lot about... Um, these union cards that you you get 30% of your workforce to sign, you get a third of the people working there to sign, and it gets you a vote. You know, that's that's regulation. That's that's the legislature that's in place. But, as we saw in Bessemer, we know that Amazon is willing to literally break the law and lie, cheat, and steal their way out of what they are legally required to do. In that, with that context, in these circumstances, do you think there's a role for wildcat strikes and wildcat walkouts um, in Amazon's future. Do you think that might be a way to inspire more people? Do you think that's something, a strategy that people who work at Amazon and labor organizations and labor organizers should be pursuing? Abso-fucking-lutely. If you need proof of it, look at the Amazonians United Chicago Land. They are a group of people that um, want to organize as workers and make their own union and they i they are one of the coolest groups out there they they got a chapter in new york as well and they organize walkouts and uh work slowdowns and all sorts of stuff and they did it all by themselves and they are still like amazon has had to spend a lot of money putting the hammer down on those guys and it started as a group of five people after work, just hanging out as friends, and they they changed Amazon labor policy by themselves. Like they deserve a lot of credit, and um, yeah, you you can you can do anything, man. As like these one person can really change all of all of this in a, if they work hard enough. All right. Well, Avery, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Do you have anything you want to plug? I know you have a podcast, so. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's called The Amazon. You know, like the, taken from Upton, uh, Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Um, yeah, if you, I, I just uh, talk about like a different branch of like Amazon's corporate world. Like, you know, like there's one for like DSPs and all that. So yeah, I just talk about Amazon a lot of different capacities and um, try and have people on that know more than I do, and uh, try and talk to workers face to face because I think they deserve an outlet. And uh, I hope I can, I hope you guys can enjoy it. And if you want to listen to it, you can find it on Twitter at the Amazon Pod, and I'm at the Worst Avery on Twitter. <laughs> all right, all right, well. It's a great yeah. episode. Thanks boys. again, Avery, man. We, we loved having you, man. It was, it was super enlightening, super uh, super inspiring, honestly. It's been been real rough in the world, so it's it's nice to talk to somebody at Amazon who is, like, excited about the future of labor. Yeah, it, it, you know, hit me up anytime, guys. I had a fun time. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you again for uh, taking the time to listen to this uh, extra special midweek mini-sode of, well, it's not really a mini-sode, we managed to get to a full episode length, uh, episode of Worst in the Industry podcast. Uh, my name, as always, is Justin St. Peter. Bye. Thank you again. Bye, love you. Bye-bye.